Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 155. The pool stages concluded with an epic battle between Japan and Scotland, and now the quarterfinals have been decided. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we're, it's, it's quarterfinals week, um, and I'm joined by Dan to discuss all things Rugby World Cup. Hi mate, how's it going? Hello mate, yeah, it's, it's, that has snuck on us quite quickly, hasn't it? I, I think not having the France game has, has kind of... Dold, dold is the wrong word, but it, it's just been, it seem a bit in uh, purgatory at the moment. I'm not, uh, I really, we need to get back out there. I know what you mean. Uh, I, yeah, I think I think um, yeah, dulled is definitely the wrong word when they're throwing games like Japan against Scotland. Oh my god, that was amazing! Uh, and that will deservedly get some airtime uh, in this episode. Um, but yeah, we we need to talk about you know the quarterfinals have been decided. We know who's playing who. We know what the knockout stages of this Rugby World Cup look like. Of course, England have Australia, um, New Zealand are playing Ireland, Wales against France and Japan against South Africa. So, four big games. I guess the only surprise, it's not really a surprise given how they play, but the only surprise is Japan in instead of Scotland. Otherwise, it's probably where you'd expect it to be. Um, obviously, Argentina missing, but there was it was always going to be Argentina or France. Of course. Coming out of our group. So, um, yeah. Argentina aren't great at the moment either, actually. No, they're not. I'm thinking more, though, you look at Argentina in terms of their World Cup pedigree. Yeah. Um, it's rare that they don't qualify for the knockouts. But you're right, they, they haven't performed. Cons- they've consistently underperformed for quite a long time now. And, and you know, to, it probably doesn't actually come as any surprise. Um but I think, you know, we'll also take a closer look at some of the other Tier 2 nations. You know, there's a lot of chat at the moment, obviously, about how do you get these guys more exposure to, to Tier 1? Because there has been a, a kind of a marked shift in the quality of the performances put in by nations that in the past have been whipping boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that speaks volumes. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are on, um, you know, how World Rugby best goes about trying to... To, oh Jesus! You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. create a situation that, that gives these guys the the platform that they need to get better because it's only it's only better for the game. Yeah, um, no, I agree. But yeah, look, before we get too uh, into all of this, though, we've had one or more review from Sam Johnson. It was on Twitter. He says, uh, "At England Rugby Pod, hi guys. Just wanted to say thanks for the pod. Always entertaining listening to your analysis. Hope you're still feeling hyped for our next three games. Bring on the Aussies and come on, England." Obviously, a five-star rating. And this time, he actually wrote that. So that was nice. Uh, amazing. We, amazing. Thanks, Sam. We didn't have to uh, presume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, <laughs> which is good. Um, it was, yeah. It was, Like you say, that, that week off, it kind of threw me because you just never plan that into the schedule. I mean, there was talk of there's a possibility of, um, you, you know, what happening, happening. Maybe not to that extent. But you, you never really, in your psyche, expect it to happen. And, I mean, one thing I'll say is, I mean, that was huge. They, they had to cancel the games. They, they, they didn't have a choice. Um, whether, I, you know, let's not go into the discussion too much about what was it right to have the World Cup in Japan, bearing in mind this was a reality. I actually think 
the way Japan have dealt with it has been amazing. And I think they've put on a great World Cup so far. So I was going to say, I think bottom line is, you know, as long as there's no major upsets to the knockout stages, we've pretty much got what we expect. Well, we have. We've got what, you know, the the the, the typhoon has not impacted the result of the World Cup in any way. Well, other than France might argue that, um, you know, they had a chance to go through in top spot. Although, to be honest, they probably didn't want to. They would probably rather have Wales... They definitely would rather have Wales than Australia. Than Australia, um, because they know them a little bit more. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, 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 we haven't heard much from their camp. I suspect they're quite happy. Obviously, it's a shame for Italy and Parise in particular. Um, it would have been nice for them to have had that. For him to have had that swan song. So I believe this, that was his last game, unless they now, um, unless he now extend him. Cause I th- and, and also, was it you that mentioned in our last episode that he might be looking at the record as a result? I pulled, that, I, I pulled that out of my ass. I have nothing statistical to back that up. I mean, that's how we roll down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So some, some of our finest, uh, you know, some of our finest journalism, sporting journalism, comes from what you pull out of your ass, <laughs> well, thanks, so to thanks. speak. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously a shame for them. And, and you know, I guess that the argument is that as unlikely as it might have been, uh, you know, an Italy win with a bonus point, they would have qualified. So. It was always going to be a tough call, uh, you know. This, yes, the Scotland Japan game was the one with the most riding on it in 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 real terms. You know, the reality was that it could go either way, and and both teams in a position to qualify off the back of that result. Um, but you couldn't. World Rugby couldn't, you know, pull strings to make that game happen that they and then not do it for the others, because both of the other games can well, sorry, two of the other three cancelled games had things riding on them. What was the, what was the third game that was cancelled? Uh, it was one of the minnow matches. Oh yeah, was it yeah, yeah, yeah. Namibia against Canada. I had something like that. Yeah, no, I remember. Um, I'm I, yeah, I remember I mean, that now. And, and with that, I mean, I don't know actually whether that game had any bearing on qualification for 2023. Oh no idea, no idea. Um, because I would, but I, I would have thought we'd have heard about it if it did. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, New Zealand, Italy as expected England France as expected um and more importantly Japan Scotland after all the Scottish um chat in the press you know the fact that they were going to sue world rugby if the game didn't go ahead and you know they're in, get, they've got themselves in a bit of trouble over that now and I ironic- yeah, I heard and ironically the fact that Gregor Townsend a week before when it looked like Ireland was the game that was going to get called off um reportedly said you know unfortunately this is the way the way it goes, we all signed a piece of paper and, you know, you have to accept the result. And then, of course, the, the typhoon moved and suddenly it was Scotland who might get knocked out as a result. Um, it was, I'll tell you what, I am so glad that game went ahead. That was, that was amazing. I loved that game. It was huge. And, to, and to, I think, you know, to give Scotland their due, um, you know, I'd love to be saying this tongue in cheek and taking the piss, but actually it was an awesome game. You know, and, and you know, Japan... Went twenty eight seven up just after half time, and you thought this is just going to be an absolute rout. And then Scotland started to do what Scotland occasionally do. We we know more about that than most. <laughs> yeah, um, the comeback kids made you know had had a had a, go, a good go at it, but um, yeah, it was too little, too late. And uh, Japan thoroughly deserved the win. Um, it was a hell of a performance. I'm not sure that they go any further than that, but we shall see. Um, yeah, I. Japan, I, if they were playing, playing Wales or France, 
I would probably back them to win it. Yeah. But against South Africa, I think that might just be slightly too much of an ask. But it's well, actually, in, in that Scotland game, the first 10 minutes, I thought Scotland were going to win. I thought Scotland started brilliantly. I thought Finn Russell looked immense and he was really pinning them back in the corners with those kicks. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, oh, Scotland... And Scotland were up for it, but then Japan came out of nowhere. Their fitness, okay. their... It's insane. So I'm looking at the I'm looking at the ESPN stats right now for that game, and in the first half, just, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying. That first ten minutes, Scotland definitely looked like they were they were there to to you know cause problems for Japan. That first uh, so that first half, Japan had 74 percent possession, 75 percent territory. Jesus. Um, but other than that, the game was very evenly matched. 13 versus 11 clean breaks. 33 wow. versus 29 defenders beaten. 8 versus 7 offloads. Um, one stat that I heard during the game, and I don't know if I, I'm, I'm having a look here to see if I can... If I can is it, is it something it. to do with 240 days? No. Okay, carry on. It, it was to do with tackles, and it was that in the first half, Scotland had made 128 tackles or something to Japan's 28. No, no, yeah. seriously. I, I don't know if it covered the whole of the first half or if it was at a, at a point during the first half, maybe 30 minutes in or something. But you know what? Japan just never never didn't have the ball in hand. So I, I, can, I can believe it. You know, there was a good sort of 30 minutes where Scotland just didn't touch the ball. And when you consider they had a good start and yet Japan still ended up with 75% territory and 75% possession, I, I, yeah, I can, I can believe it. So it was at one point Scotland had made, yeah, over a hundred tackles, and Japan only sort of twenty five, twenty eight, whatever it was. That's that's pretty incredible. Um, Japan are. It's a shame they've got South Africa in a way. I think South Africa are just a fraction too strong now. I mean, um, the thing about this game, there's two ways, two two trains of thought here. So on the one hand, it's there's obviously history. Um, oh you know, they've, yeah, they've they've done South Africa in a World Cup before, and they're better now than they were then. Uh, Japan are um, arguably so are South Africa so, not, argue, not arguably it's all South <laughs> but, um, Africa but you know from Japan's point of view going into that game they've done it before so they know they can do it whether it happens or not it remains to be seen on, on the flip side they had a warm up against South Africa and they lost 41-7 yeah uh, which doesn't bode particularly well um, you know it's a warm up it doesn't necessarily translate into into test matches at home in front of your home crowd you know when when pretty much the entire world outside of south africa is on your side yeah um, yeah it's it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a match even if it ends up being a route uh, it's going to be a, a great one to watch i think this whole thing is set up nicely you've got england against australia okay england have uh, beaten australia on you know six out of six the last six meetings Okay. They, they last lost to Australia in the World Cup 2015. Oh, yeah. England's yeah. last, the last time England made a semi-final, so the last time England got beyond the quarterfinals in a, in a 2007 World Cup against, against Australia. Australia, yeah. Uh, so that you know that that's that's a game kind of completely marred in history, and and that'll be an interesting one. And obviously, we we're back in England. We're not going to go into the England game too much today because we're going to do a dedicated episode on that for obvious reasons on Thursday. But, yeah. you know, that's an interesting one. You've got New Zealand against Ireland. Obviously, uh, you know, your, your money's on New Zealand. But Ireland, 
you know, Ireland probably peaked in 2018. However, they are probably the team with the best record against New Zealand in the last 18 months. They've beaten them twice. So, so, so let's go into this. The key to this game is surely Andy Farrell. He has he, defensively every team that not every team that beats New Zealand, but he was England's defence coach when England beat New Zealand. Yep. He was the Lions' defence coach when the Lions beat New Zealand. He was Ireland's defence coach when Ireland beat New Zealand. He understands New Zealand's attack game and he knows how to beat them. Ireland, to me, have been underwhelming since since they last beat New Zealand, actually, but. Andy Farrell, I think, knows how to how to shut down New Zealand. Don't get me wrong; Ireland will need to be immense on the day, yeah. but it's possible. Well, on paper, they're a team that, that for, for sure can do can do what they've done twice before. Well, they're number one in the world. <laughs> I don't know if that's still the case. <laughs> they, they lost. I, 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 I don't know if it updates during the World Cup. I have no idea. Oh, it must do. Uh, you'd hope so, because uh... I'm sure it does. I think I think it's double points. Oh, really? is, is that how it is? I think genuinely, I think during the World Cup, it's double points, which to me makes no sense. But um, I guess the idea is to try and ensure that whoever wins the World Cup is number one in the world. Yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, but yeah, so losing to Japan has probably set them back. It's certainly done Japan huge favours. Um, and then obviously add, that, add to that Scotland. I'd, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where Japan sit on in the table now. But um, yes, but that, that's an interesting game. Um, we've talked about Japan against South Africa briefly. Um Another one with history. And then can, you've got can, Wales. Can, can, sorry, sorry, just to go back to that Japan-South Africa game. Can Japan beat them? Uh, yeah, I think, I think they yeah, can. I, Looking so. at the way that they play, I think if you're South Africa and you go into that game thinking, we played them a few weeks ago and we beat them 41-7, we've got nothing to worry about, let's just go and do what we do. I think you'd be in for a bit of a shock. Um, you know, they, Japan were clinical against Scotland. I think what, what's so exciting about this is that we saw them beat, New Ze- uh, we saw them beat Ireland and we went... Oh, it's you know, it's South Africa 2015 all over again, which was very much seen as a, a sort of a, a bit of a fluke. Not a fluke; they played well, but you know, a completely unexpected upset. End of story. They did it against Ireland. And you're thinking, yeah, it's the same again. But then they went and did it to Scotland as well. And actually, I think what they've said is, you know, we we are a top tier nation. We may not be playing in the Six Nations. We may may not be playing in the Championship, but we should be. You know, we should be competing with these teams, you know, every year. Um, and, and I think rightly so, because, you know, they, they've, they've won their group. They have Scotland and Ireland in their group. They're the number one team in the world coming into this World Cup in their group, and they top them. Um, so, yeah, they 100%, they can win it. Um, I think if both teams played to their very best, then South Africa are the stronger side, but... Uh, it'll be a fascinating one, and and you know it'll uh, it'll be very interesting to see how these games get refed. It'll be interesting, you know, if there's any kind of, you know, Japan have been have been pretty good in terms of the discipline. Um, yeah. So to be fair, serve South Africa, um, you know, which is rare for them. Maybe it just doesn't get picked up. <laughs> they do things like they run into Farrell's shoulder. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and then complain about it, yeah. bitch about it. Do you want to? Um, I, I mean, we can finish this. I actually just looked up the world rankings. Go on. So. Tell us. Uh, j- j- I'll, I will do. I, I will tell you over quarterfinals. So number one, New Zealand. Number two, Wales. Number three, England. Number four, Ireland. Five, South Africa. Six, Australia. Seven, Japan. Eight, France. Nine, Scotland. Ten, Argentina. So, so the top, the top eight are the top eight in the World Cup. Uh, yeah, exactly. The top eight are the quarterfinalists. 
Okay. Um, and in case you were wondering, um, Norway are in 97th. Nice. I was actually. Yeah. I was literally, <laughs> yeah. my next question was going to be, where in Norway? Uh, exactly. They're, they're below Finland and Denmark. Sort your lines out, Norway. Um, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We maybe won't talk so much about Norway, but we'll come back because I want to talk about Tier 2 nations. But, uh, yeah, Wales-France is the, is the fourth and final uh, quarterfinal lineup. Um, and, you know, France haven't shown up yet. There's two things. France haven't shown up yet. And I've been saying for ages, I don't think Wales have really been challenged in 18 months. You mean the number two team in the world? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the number two team. Don't get me wrong. The world rankings works on if you win games, you get points. And the yeah, number yeah. of points you get depends on how much better the team is that you're playing against. Um, so, yeah. so, you know, yes, they've got their wins. And you can, you know, we said we say, tell it plenty of times before, you can only play what's put in front of you. I, I don't disagree with that. And I'm not saying they don't deserve to be at number two in the world if that's what the rankings say but that doesn't change the fact that for me their big wins their big scouts if you like have been against teams that haven't turned up against them and what are the chances of that happening three games in a row in a world cup I, that they were underwhelming against Uruguay. I say underwhelming, they were shit against Uruguay, weren't they? I thought they were pretty underwhelming in, in all their games. I mean, the Australia, okay, they won the Australia game. It was a big, a big one. But, but that, you know, they, they, they had a good start and then they let Australia back in and it could have gone either way. Um, what was the end result there? That was one that was right at the very beginning, wasn't it? Where, uh, no, was that, yeah, it was. And it wasn't their opening game. It, came a bit it wasn't their opening game. Yeah, I no, think it was their 20, second game. 25 29. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and they were comfortably in the lead at half time. So you know, they let they let Australia off the hook there. And Australia, as we've seen, and we'll talk more about on Thursday, have been weak in most of their games. Um, and then going back prior to the World Cup, you know, the big games, the big scouts they've had there. I mean, there was one one good win against Ireland in the Six Nations. I think the final weekend that was a good performance. Well, it, England I, I, were they poor still won them. every game. Yeah, England, but they no, still no. But this won is what I'm saying. Game. I'm not. I'm not yeah. taking away the their their ranking in the World Cup, but I am saying I'm not convinced that they have had a proper test. Um, I'm sure there'll be people listening who will say, "Well, what tests have England had?" But we're not talking about England right now. We're doing that on Thursday. Um, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, my point is, Wales. I don't think have been amazing, and we'll see what happens at the weekend. France have been. Awful, but you know we say it all the time. Not this is not about which France will turn up. We know which France will turn up. It's whether or not that France actually plays rugby. Um, and we t- and we've talked actually. We talked in the last episode about the fact that they have they have players that have these moments of individual brilliance. And the bottom line, I think, with France at the moment is that when those players have those moments, which they will, can they yeah. turn them into points? And if they can, then you might find that actually they start racking up a scoreline. I think France will beat Wales. Uh, I'm I'm leaning that way. France love a World Cup. They love an upset. They've done it to Wales before in the quarterfinal. In fact, they did it to Wales in uh, 2015, didn't they? Uh, I, I I don't remember. Well, we'll we'll say yes. And they, yeah. def- they definitely did it in, in. I'm sure it was 2015. No, I, no, it, it wasn't. Wales got knocked out by um, was it uh, Southern Hemisphere team. Yeah. I think it might have been. I, no, oh, I think. Okay. So maybe it was two, maybe it was two thousand eleven. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, but the, anyway, France have knocked Wales out of the World Cup before in the quarterfinals. So there's history in that one too. So yeah, all in all, though, you know, all four of these games have got history of some description, making them really quite interesting games where either side 
that there are merits on both sides for who could who could win them. Um, personally, I think the outcome will be fairly obvious in three of them, and I'm leaning towards France in the Wales France game. Do you? <clears throat> so, yeah, I uh, England England will beat Australia. South Africa will beat Japan. New Zealand I've, will beat Ireland. Yeah. They will. Yeah, yeah, you're right, they will. Um, and then it is, yeah, the France-Wales game. God, this is going to be a great weekend of rugby. It is. And and so if Japan managed to do, to do it, what a semi-final, Japan against Wales or France, because you'd, you'd, you'd have to back Japan. So if, to make if the final. <laughs> whoever wins, I, I messaged you, Jim, with Japan-Scotland game saying, I reckon there'll be an England-Japan final. I, I assumed that was tongue-in-cheek. It was tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Uh, it genuinely could be. I mean, this is their, if this they is beat their... South Africa, I back them to get to the final. Yeah, I do. I mean, that, what, what, what a result that would be for them. Yeah, Unbelievable. Gotcha. Unfortunately, yeah. they then lose to England in the final. But Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that would still be a great, a great trip out for them. So uh, re- realistically, though, we're looking England-New Zealand semi, France-South Africa semi, and then England win the final. Yeah, England, Safa, final, England beat South Africa in the final, yeah. Payback for 2007. Yes, yeah, that'd be nice. Nice. Um, okay, we're jumping around a bit, but I just want to go back to that Japan-Scotland game because it was a bit special. So Scotland going into that game needed to win by four points, as in four result points, you know, table points. So they needed either a, a win by a comfortable win um, or they needed to deny um, Japan any bonus points, or, or at least deny them one of the two available losing bonus points, if they and then get the four tries themselves. Unfortunately, yeah, about forty-two minutes in, Japan have scored their bonus point try. If you're Scotland, what do you? You know, it's twenty-eight-seven. They've got a bonus point. You now have to score. Basically, you've now got to score four more tries yourself unanswered and they've just had 75% possession for the whole of the first half how do you you keep your head up for that one well but in fairness to them they did and they gave it a good go um they they went but was that kind of a case of do do you I mean at that realistically if you're if you're on you're part of that Scotland team are you just going this is basically done let's just let's just go and have a run out and you know obviously we're going to try and win and we're going to do everything we can but I, I don't think so because... Does your thinking go out the window a bit? You know, Do you have people like Hogg thinking, well, no one else has managed to do it. I'm going to try and do it on my own. I, I don't think Stuart Hogg was great in that game, actually. He wasn't. Um, what, what I think worked, probably worked for Scotland, which is even more credit to Japan, is the fact that they did it against England and yeah. the fact that they would probably fancied themselves to be able to do it against Japan. Um, they, they weren't... They didn't... I don't think they would have considered themselves a worse team than Japan. This is just what I reckon. Uh, yeah. um, but the fact is, Japan worked so hard in defence that they made it hard. Scotland did give it a great go, and it was a hell of a game. I really enjoyed that game. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you're 28, because it wasn't just four tries. It was, it, was it was the small things that I think Japan did well that really gave Scotland a hard time. So it wasn't just four tries. It had to be four converted tries. Yep. And it had to be a penalty on top of that. So it had to be five scores. 
So that's a massive ask. But that's what I'm saying. Like in that situation, yeah. you know, you've got when I mean Japan score their their fourth try, get the bonus point, and you've got maybe maybe 35 minutes left on the clock, and you know you've got to do you got you need five scores, and they need to be unanswered. Yeah, well, when they got those two tries, if they'd got a third try, God, what a game that would have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this a little... I, I, I kind of feel a bit sorry for Scotland because Gregor Townsend's now come under fire as coaches always seem to do whenever things don't work. Um, and the irony is that this is one of their best performances for some time. That, yes, Scotland... But, Japan, but Japan were awesome. I mean, it was just a great game of rugby. Japan were just the better side on the day, but they still Scotland. I thought still played well. You know, um, it wasn't error ridden. I mean, obviously you read the press and they all say that the Scottish team were rubbish, but I think that's just taking that's taking too much of that result away from Japan. I think Japan just outplayed them, and they didn't, yeah, I, you know left them with no idea what to do. So you could argue the players played badly because they didn't react to the situation and do something more. But I'm not sure they had more to do. It, it was yeah. I mean, Scotland turned up and fought, but Japan just overwhelmed them. Japan outplayed them, deserved winners. Japan now, because we're saying about uh, sort of second tier nations, Japan aren't a second tier nation. Japan no. has to be looked at as a tier one nation. Well, and Fiji. You know, well, forget the, the Uruguay result because the the Uruguay result, Fiji played a second team, and yeah. and they simply do not have the strength and depth to be able to play two teams like the top tier nations do, but. The Fiji first 15, Fiji first 23, you know, they caused problems for everybody that they played against. It's, so what's, what's interesting, I heard a stat during the game, and I hope I didn't mishear this, but it said Japan had spent in the last year, and I think they mean a year from that day rather than calendar year, but they, the Japan team had spent 240 days with each other. Now, Imagine if Fiji, as an international team, had spent that much time with each other. They'd probably be favourites to win the bloody thing. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they are... The Japanese, you can tell how hard they've worked. Their fitness is unbelievable. They work so hard at every breakdown. In defence, they're relentless. They just Every time Scotland got near, they, the Japanese were just... Not, I, I don't mean they were smashing about, but... They were just up and making the tackles. They were just they're all so, over the place. They're so kind of heavy, you know. They don't look like a big a big team, but they are physical. Yeah. They're physical in defence and in attack throughout the entire game. Like every time you think, "Oh, he's going to get absolutely smashed," nope. Yeah. Uh, of course, in attack, the Japan have also got Matsushima. They've they've got some good is players. He, is he writing his own ticket now? Is he going to be playing in in you know England or France next year, getting paid silly money? Well, I, I think in Japan you can earn pretty good money as well. So, but the, is the standard is the standard there domestically? Uh, no, no, the standard's not quite there yet. But that's what I mean. So they're gonna, you know, is is someone like him? Because he he's he's stood out at, individually. He stood out as a world class player. Yeah, yeah. In this for World sure. Cup, um, and that kind of talent needs to be nurtured. And and unfortunately, the only way that's gonna the only place that's gonna happen. Is in the, the you know playing within the best leagues in the world, and you know that means he's going to be going to the Premiership or to France Pro 14. I, I, th- I think at the moment, but I think there is also to bear in mind if Japan certainly if they win a quarter final, rugby in Japan is going to get big. 
they have got some big names out there. There is quite a lot of money there, and he could be a, almost a national hero. That yeah. if if you look at it from a point of view, if which which there's nothing wrong with this, and I have no idea what his thought process is. But if you know it's a short career, if he's looking to cash in, maybe Japan is his best option because he would be he would be an absolute superstar out there. Yeah. Um, and and do you know what? They if a Japanese team keep improving as they are, next World Cup, bloody hell. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, looking at the the, the yeah, tier two nations. Basically, anyone not playing, as I mentioned before, in the Six Nations or the Championship is considered a two-tier nation. That includes Japan and Fiji, but also Uruguay, Tonga, Georgia, Scotland. I mean, um, Namibia. <laughs> um, but, you know, you look at some of these guys. Namibia. You know, who'd have thought that Namibia had any chance against anyone? And I know that the result, you know, obviously didn't tally. But, you know, against New Zealand, against the, the number one team in the world in reality at the time. And it was 9-10 at half time, or 10-9 to New Zealand. I think I think that was at thirty minutes, not at half time. Well, half time sounds better. It does. I mean, it's not correct, but it does. But sound it, but what have we talked said about facts on this show? <laughs> Good point. Good point. I stand right. corrected. My exactly. fault. Um, My fault. But but you know, you credit where it's due. These are teams that <coughs> that you know, two World Cup cycles ago were losing by record one hundred and fifty point or one hundred and forty seven point margins or whatever. Um. There's been a lot of change. I mean, I had a quick look, and there was a stat. So the average, the average margin point score margin um, between the tier one and tier two nations is now about thirty points. So it's still significant. But in two, you know, two thousand and three, it was forty five points. So that's a huge change when you're talking about averages across all the matches. Yeah, it is getting better. I think, I I think something that. Maybe the tier two nations are starting to understand his defence more. Yeah, I, fitness, I think, physicality. Yeah, exactly. Team. I think I think they're starting to understand that. And however good you are, if you have a really fit team with, um, you, you know, a strong defence, you're still gonna, you know, there's still gonna be games where you beat them by a lot. And don't forget, New Zealand ended up putting seventy odd points on them. Yeah, but yeah. It's um that that is gonna help, you know, curb the. How much, how much they're going to, you know, how many points are going to be put against them. But I'll tell you who've been the best tier two nation this World Cup, Uruguay. Yeah. I think they've been absolutely brilliant. I thought to beat Fiji was absolutely amazing. They put up such a good game against Wales. I, I know Wales, in theory, had a second team out, but they're still international quality players. I mean, as much as I love to mug off for Welsh, they've got a good squad and all their players are still great players. Uruguay put up a really good fight. I think Uruguay have had a great tour. Yeah, think, and they did well against uh, that, Australia as well. Yeah, well, that was another game. 35-13 against Wales. And again, the scoreline probably flattering Wales a bit there because it was a lot closer yeah, for, for a good chunk of that game. And that's not to say that, you know, Wales, you know, people will say, but Wales would, were always going to turn it around. And there were results that weren't great for England in a similar vein. They just weren't the last result before going into the knockouts. Um so yeah, that, they did well there against Australia. When did they play? Was Australia that was earlier on, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember the score, but I remember them putting up. I remember them putting up a great effort against against uh, against the Aussies. So that they would have played them. They, oh yeah, another one, forty-five ten. Forty-five ten, which is good. You know, really good result. Yeah. Um. Yeah, when you consider England Argentina was thirty-nine ten. Yeah, exactly. 
So, so what is the answer here? I mean, there's been a lot of talk Sam. about moving, you know, some teams making it into some of the, the you know, into the big competitions. Um, and I mean, initially people were saying Japan should be in the Six Nations, which is obviously nuts because they're basically next door neighbours to the the various teams in the championship. And one thing that was put forward, which I quite like, was Japan to join the championship along with Fiji. Yeah. South Africa to join the Six Nations. Oh, oh, naughty. I'd quite like that. Yeah. Uh, that that would be good. It, I guess the difference is it's a southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere sort of divide, which is how it's done. Um, <clears throat> what what I think I think it's very hard because you've got, like you say, you're going to look at the distances. Um, that's the point. And, that, that's that. That was the idea. You can't have Japan yeah. traveling to Europe, and more and more importantly, you can't have you know five different teams in Europe all trying to make it over to Japan. It's just not feasible. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but but they're much closer to you know it's Japan are closer to Australia and New Zealand than South Africa are. I think, and I don't, again, I don't know the practicalities of this, but if you look at matches throughout the year, international matches throughout the year, I think tier one nations should, world rugby should say to tier one nations, you have to play, I don't know, at least two games against tier two nations or one game or whatever is feasible. Mm. Because often that may not happen. I mean, England have probably been guilty of it if they do a six nations and a summer tour to say Australia. Then an autumn international, you tend to you get one. Actually, you, you, usually, the England play one of the the tier two nations in the autumn internationals. You, you might get one of them, yeah, but you you might not. Be, so if you say even just two, you know, two a year. So perhaps if they're doing a tour to Australia, even if they had to do a two game tour and then on the way back stop off and play, yeah, you, you know, whoever that may be, be it um, Georgia or whatever that may be, but maybe put that. Maybe put it that a tier, a tier one nation has to play a tier two nation in their country. Yeah. Also, uh, Lions. Maybe maybe the Lions instead of playing the um, the midweek uh, that, games. That, that, no, no. Oh, I was going to say oh. instead of playing the midweek games against domestic sides in the country where they're touring, they play the midweek games against touring tier two nations. Or yeah, and that maybe not all of them because it's nice to have like for them to travel that country. But yeah, I quite like that. Like. Even if there's two touring, so say one midweek games against, I'm using them again against Georgia, another one's against USA or something. I quite like that. Yeah. There you go. We uh, basically we've solved it. Then we've solved the problem. We have. We have. God, we are so fucking smart. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Do we want South Africa in the Six Nations? Yeah, I do. I quite like that. Oh, I think it'd be awesome. And, and and I think I think there's argument for it with the fact that there's some South African teams playing in the um in that league that doesn't really matter. Like, 14, whatever those clowns play with uh, Ireland, Wales and Scotland teams. Are there South African teams in there? Yeah, you've got two South African teams in there. Oh, there you go. That's how closely I follow it. It's because it's, it's, it's on that bloody um, Irish TV channel, or whatever it's called. Premier Sport. Or, yeah. Or is it on, on BT? I don't know. I just I don't, I don't get it, so I don't see the games. It's starting to annoy me how, much, <clears> how many different channels there are. It's getting ridiculous. Indeed. Um, so... Anything else that we're taking from this world? I mean, it's been a great World Cup. It's a shame about the games that were cancelled, but they haven't really affected the the outcome. We've got four really, really exciting quarterfinals coming up. You know, yes, there aren't yeah. really any where I'm thinking, oh, not really, not really bothered about that one. No, I, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch every minute of every one of them. I can't wait. Um, the only thing that worries me is that. The, I mean, the red card situation, which let's not go into because that's the reality of rugby now. 
I hope that doesn't end up being deciding factors in any of the games. Well, I, I, I agree with you, but I think that's not on world rugby and the laws and no, the referees. No, it's not. That is it's on the not. players. You know, all... Oh, yeah, I'm not blaming anyone for it. I'm just saying I hope it doesn't turn into an England-Argentina game where there can't really be a good... If Japan had a player sent off in the first 15 minutes, it, it, there's no way they stand a chance. No, agreed. But, but so I hope don't get, something like but, that. But don't happen. get sent off in the first 15 minutes. You know, no, it, should, it shouldn't be that difficult not to break the law to the level that results in a red card. Uh, and, I, and I think that's the bottom line. I slightly disagree with that. If if they're trying to put in a really... Because sometimes... And yep. I'm not saying Go on, that's finish your sentence. Right, it's, it's, they're trying to put in a really aggressive attack. But there's, but but that's that's and, partly and the problem, isn't it? it's an accidental mistiming. But that's and, but Dan, that's part of the problem. But but they you, might you, need to do that to compete. Well, I, I I disagree because if if that was the case, then the opposition would be losing players at the same time. Like I think I think it's I think you you know you have to give you have to put more responsibility in the hands of the players. And oh, I think to make excuses saying, well, they're just trying to be aggressive. It's like, well, yeah. No, if they I'm pull that, if you pull that gun and shot the guy, it's aggressive. It, it doesn't make it legal. No, no, I'm not saying it should be a red card, but what I'm saying is accident, accidents happen yeah. and poor, poor decisions happen, but previously may not have been red cards. I'm not saying they shouldn't be red cards, but it's not just as simple as, well, don't do it because it may happen in a mistiming issue, in a slight height issue, in a misjudgment issue, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I think the thing is, is, is you know, there might be solutions to this. I think I've seen some interesting ones suggested, which include um, that a red card is 20 minutes a man down instead of 10. Yeah, I quite like that. And then you can make a substitution, but you can't bring the red carded player back on. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger problem for your team than a, than a yellow card but it's not if it happens in the first five minutes it's not then 75 minutes of being a man down yeah i mean i'm i'm not trying to get in get into here saying what's right and wrong for that all i'm saying is i hope somebody doesn't make a mistake that means that the game i'm not saying it's not their fault if they make the mistake i'm just saying i hope it doesn't happen to make the game a non-event yeah but you know we, we, Ireland lost Bundiaki, um, and uh, yeah, uh, admittedly uh, it was against Samoa, but you know, they still won forty-seven-five. Yeah, I mean, like you say, that's against Samoa. Um, in, in the quarterfinals, it means more. I mean, if, if New Zealand lost a player, they could still compete. So, to me, the two. Well, they, so that's isn't, so, so, so 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 if New Zealand lost a man against Ireland, yeah, they could still so, compete. Yeah, I think so. So I would say the two ones where it makes the game a non-event would be if Ireland lost a player against New Zealand and if Japan lost a player against South Africa. I then think they would they would not be out, they would not stand a chance. I think New Zealand are, New Zealand are that much better than Ireland and South Africa are that much better than Japan. That it, may, it could possibly happen with 15 men on the right day. I don't think it could happen with 14. If England lost a player against Australia, I still think we could win. Yeah, what if Australia um, lost a player against England? I, I don't mean if Australia gained ten players against England, they'd have a chance. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we'll cover that one on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through that one. Yeah, uh, and Wales, France. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think if either one lost a player, 
it, they could still compete. I mean, yeah, no, I if, agree. I think I think because we've we've sort of highlighted that France seem to have this inability to play as a team, but this this ability to to kind of create magic out of nothing. Actually, it doesn't matter if there are fourteen or fifteen men on the pitch because you're relying on individuals anyway. France are such dickheads. They'll probably be better with fourteen players. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that if I was Welsh, that game would actually be concerning me now. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting, interesting. Well, we've got uh, yeah a cracking weekend lined up. We do, <coughs> Before we that, obviously, yeah. we've got an episode to bring you on Thursday where we will look at the England-Australia game in a little bit more depth. Um, <coughs> anything else to add? Sorry, I've thought we'd gone down the wrong way. <coughs> oh, yeah? Anything else to add? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm good, thanks, mate. No, we'll come back Thursday and we'll, uh, we'll focus more. Don't get me wrong. I love chain rugby, not uh, regardless. But I love chain England rugby the most, so I'm looking forward to coming back. It's probably Thursday. just as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Give, give with the England rugby pod. That's very um, true. But you know, how much abuse, Dan, have we taken over the last two and a half years from people saying that we're jokers? We don't know what we're talking about. You know, we're arrogant. Call it saying England are going to win the World Cup. <laughs> three games to go. Yes, three, three games. games to go. Two hundred and forty minutes till glory, and then we can say. Told you. Uh, well, I, I, I may, I may have harsher words, but you know, fair enough. You, you're taking the dignified approach. I'm going to take the schoolboy in your face approach. Sounds good, guys. Look, thanks so much for tuning in again. Uh, as Dan says, we'll be back on Thursday. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, let us know what you think. Got any questions for us? Any opinions that massively differ from ours? You can reach us on social media at England Rugby Pod, or you can uh, email us englandrugbypod at gmail.com. Uh, to let us know your thoughts. And obviously, if you get a chance, we'd really appreciate it. If you head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. I think we got about f- we need about four more uh, ratings to hit the three figures. So that would be great if, uh, if you guys could help out with those. Um, and we will be back sharpish on Thursday to talk we all definitely will. England v Australia. Catch you then.